Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, to Table Flip Episode 4. I am your host, Basile Patrick Cannon. Joining me, as always, in the eSkype virtual studio is Matt Talktomish, not as well as Nate Ketrasel, and I still do not remember your last name, Ketrasel. Trip. Trip? Trip. See, you know what? You know what? You never actually told me your last name. That's why I don't know it. So now you know. So the, yep, there you go. Now we know. And everyone, this is episode four. As stated again, we are going to be talking about building around the new force pack. Going to be going over the uh, rebel deck that the UK Nate talked about in our special interview with him. You can go ahead and listen to that over on cardgamedb.com. It's under podcast. Just click on table flip, and it's in the uh, little area there. And we're also going to be uh, talking about a special announcement that we have, having to do with some cool little prizes and giveaways. And we'll be talking about that at the end of the show, as well as our normal shout-outs, Facebooks, and what, whatnot. So let's get started, guys. Uh, this week has been interesting. The Force Pack was released, and with it came some ridiculously good objective sets, as well as good cards and some really not-so-good cards. So... I think the best way to do this is to kind of go around the room and say what you guys thought was the kind of the MVP objective set and also the objective set that might not have uh, caught your attention the way that you thought it was going to. So I'm going to start off with Matt. Matt, how about you? Uh, I'm a big fan of Veer's objective set. Uh, it's one that you know people who've been listening to this for a while know I've been waiting for because I'm pretty sure I talked about it in our first episode where I kind of wanted to do the whole march of the the walkers at the start so i was a big fan of that set i think it's got some interesting cards in it other than just veers like it's got the uh the turbo laser battery i think it's called which destroys all enhancements right so i think that could be a good counter to some of the jedi decks because jedi decks tend to be rather enhancement heavy correct um the set that kind of i don't know makes me think the most though tends to be the scum and villainy one i'm still not sure yet how to fit in a deck or if the deck i want to use it and just doesn't exist yet but i that sets it's very interesting okay um nate what about yourself uh let's see i like the lucrative contract um objective set because the outer rim space pirates in combination with the objective set itself are just hands down amazing yes being able to spend two resources on a unit and then refresh that off of it next turn is really good an explosive charge is probably my favorite card of the force pack um being able to get rid of you know uh echo caverns wedge um anything right now is fantastic um i I don't like the Smuggler objective set at all. I think it is pretty terrible, and that makes me cry, because I wanted Cole Sarah to be good, but all the cards are like, hey, win edge battles, win edge battles, win edge battles. We're going to give you an entire objective set that can't win an edge battle to <laughs> save its life. It's like, thanks. Thanks a whole lot yeah. for giving me cards that I can't win edge battles with. So maybe down the road it'll pick up but right now it just kind of was a flop to me yeah no i will i will actually agree, agree with nate here um the um yeah the um smugglers and spies one was kind of a letdown 
Now, the effect of the objective set itself is great, but it has to be undamaged. So I think that further on, further along down the road, we are going to see the dark side meta possibly change to more a little bit more aggressive style with the General Veer's objective set and a couple other new trooper objective sets that are probably going to be coming out here soon within the next couple months. So, I mean, I, I think that the undamaged text is kind of a waste. I really think it should just be a effect in general but without actually having the undamaged portion. I think that that might actually have bumped the objective set um, utility a little bit up a little bit. But... Um, I personally don't think the objective set is that bad. It comes with some great event cards. It's it comes with um, a really really good kind of set of units. Now the Bothan spy is free. He doesn't do a lot of things, but he's free, and you know sometimes you can force your opponent to waste a force choke on it or something because he, it, go ahead. He does what he's supposed to. Do. Yeah, he I mean, dies yeah. to get the Death Star plans. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. But uh, and then. We technically have another Swindled, which is in the form of the X-Wing, but it costs two. But the kind of upside to it, I think, is you, you pay two, you force your opponent to defend it because he does have that tactics, tactics icon. And basically what you can do, say, just kind of an example scenario, you attack and he defends with a Emperor's Royal Guard and Palpatine, for instance, or something. Well, you know you can't actually win the edge battle, so you just sacrifice them and put the Emperor's Royal Guard back into uh, your opponent's hand or something. Now, obviously, that's not really the best play. Just kind of an example of kind of some really kind of neat trickery you can do with that card. But overall, I do think the objective set is kind of lackluster with the current smugglers and spies that we kind of have. Um, lucrative contracts, I definitely agree that, holy crap, such a good objective set. Explosive Charge, probably one of my favorite cards as well. Actually, probably one of my favorite cards in the entire game right now. Such a great utility card. Um, I actually was able to get a couple games in before I did a lot of things today with the wife. And um, I was able to get rid of Old Ben's Spirit, get rid of Trust Your Feelings. You know, just all those crazy enhancements that the Jedi or, say, the Rebels really rely on. And they just kind of look at you and go, hmm, that that happened. Uh, one of the times... I explosive charged a old Ben spirit and then I force choked Obi-Wan Kenobi and he was out of the field, out of the game. And he had like three enhancements on him already. And, you know, that's, that's a big deal. So as, as far as, um, stars and kind of non-stars of the, uh, force pack, I really do think that lucrative contracts is probably the, the star player. But then again, we do have the Jedi neutral set, which is ridiculously good in and of itself. It has a lot of really cool, interesting cards it has uh, three resources, which is really good. So um, you're able to get Luke out pretty quickly. You can just put all three resources on there and put one on your affiliation card if you uh, are affiliated with Jedi or another objective set with Jedi. And he's out in the field without having really to waste a lot of resources. If the objective blows up, that's okay. Luke's out in the field already. Uh, it comes with uh, some really good kind of interesting droid. The droid names I can't remember off the top of my hand because they're just like longer than the dictionary. Um, but I think that that set, uh, personally, I think that that is one of those objective sets for the Jedi in any deck that I think you really should include because it, it gives you that resource boost and it gives you just a lot of really good utility with the cards that it goes into. Um, do you guys feel that this was a pretty solid force pack or do you think they could have done a little bit better? 
Um, I'm I'm liking what what we have from it so far. It it seems like they gave us two or three objective sets that are really good that are gonna either change how certain decks are built currently or are going to allow you to build decks off of them. And then they gave us a couple objective sets that are more like, you know, here's some utility that may not be what you need currently, but down the road is going to be an objective set that you have to run. Right, right. Um, Such as that neutral one, just because of uh, the Echo Control Center. If enhancement hate is something that plays a major part of dark side strategies i think most decks are going to just say okay i'm going to run one frozen refuge right just for that from now on that's fair that's fair um i think the objective set that kind of stood out the most i think to a lot of people um other than the lucrative contracts was probably the general's imperative which was the uh, Navy Hoth objective set, which is a one for five, and it increases your reserve size while it's undamaged. So you get two of these out in a reconnaissance mission, guess what? You're drawing uh, nine cards a turn. I mean, obviously, that's like the the awesome scenario that would be really cool, but I mean, just just to have more card draw, especially in like a Navy deck or a trooper deck, is something that's just so imperative because you got to get, get out that orbital bombardment. you got to get out that Vader. Um, do you guys think that this objective set was going to see some play, or are we going to see uh, it not possibly not played right now? Because, like, I'm looking through it right now, and we get four of the ATSTs, which is which get shielding, but they only have one HP. So, my only concern with that is even if we're playing a a, like against a Jedi deck, most Jedi decks are going to be running lightsaber deflection, and you're generally not going to put the shielding on the ATSD unless it's attacking with another ATSD or whatever. So it, it's very kind of susceptible to that lightsaber deflection. It's it's really susceptible to anyone that can do one unit damage, which is kind of scary. Uh, I, I'm like I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on, on the fence about these units. Um, Matt, whoa, what's your take on this? I would put the shield on them because, like, the the deck that I've got, which is kind of my the start of my Walker deck that I've been calling Texas Ranger, which hopefully some people will understand that joke. Um, I've got the the new neutral dark side Sabotage in the Snow, which has two copies of that forward command post that gives each friendly shield unit extra blast damage. So that's why I would shield the Blizzard Force ATSTs to give them right. two blast damage instead of just one. Okay. Um Nate, what about you? Uh, I I would run it. I actually built a uh, navy deck earlier, just trying to see how much shielding I can get to to run off of the Blizzard Force mm-hmm. ATSTs and off of um forward command post, which is not unique. So you can have two of them. Um, I I like them. I think that the General's Imperative is a very very good objective set as a whole and i think the blizzard force atsts are probably second best walkers in the game right now next to the atsts okay regular ones now so. just to kind of play devil's advocate here um general veers he costs three has two hp black ta- tactics icon and an edge enabled objective damage icon and he has a resource and he gives an effect 
do do you, do we think that he's worth playing? I mean, because I, I think we will see Rebel decks come into the light a little bit more once the next um, the expansion com- uh, pack does come out because we do have the blockade runners and we do have some other kind of really good synergies with vehicles. Obviously, the prep for evac objectives that's going to have that per, uh, protection synergy and whatnot. Um, and this also kind of goes into our deck talk as well, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, I feel that when playing a card that has 2 HP, I get really nervous, especially against a, a Rebel deck, because it's like, okay, he's, he can Rebel Assault it right away. He's not going to be useful anymore. Um, I mean, he has a resource, but then again, that tactics icon is just a lot more tempting than the resource, I feel. Do you guys think that you guys will use them more for the resource or more for the actual tactics. Don't everybody speak at once. I think I could go either way. It really depends on who you're playing against. Like, if you're playing against a rebel deck and he's got you know uh, two resources, uh, you know available. I mean, you got to be thinking he's probably holding on to a rebel assault, and then you right. probably don't want to play Veers. So, I mean, it's it's going to depend on the situation on the board a lot of the time. But, I mean, block tactics, I mean, it's guaranteed as long as you, you know, get to strike first or, you know, he doesn't kill Veers that you're mm-hmm. going to be tactic something, which is, I mean, tactics is probably the most powerful combat icon. But he's also got that buff that buffs all walkers and troopers, giving them an extra unit damage. Well, I mean, it's like I was saying to you yesterday when we were chatting Navy right now seems to have the most options of any dark side faction, just that their decks can go so many different ways. Like, my deck's going for walkers. Like, right now I'm waiting for next month pack, or, you know, one that we'll get in a few weeks now, with the AT-ATs, which also have shielding and blow-up enhancements. So he'll give them a buff, but then you could go troopers and have, like, you know, Veers and Vader and a swarm of troopers. So, I mean, Navy seems to get a lot of options, which is good. And Veers also gives options you know you could go walkers you can go troopers you can go kind of a mix he's got a resource you know maybe you want to play him and then you know buy a couple i don't know troopers or something depending on what you've got in your hand Mm -hmm. so i think veers is good because he provides options any card that provides options in any game is a good thing the only thing i don't like about him not that i would probably ever use him is he's only got one force icon so you know he's not really very good if you're trying to win an edge battle he's all you got left that's fair. Nate? Yeah, I think if if I was playing Rebels and I had a Rebel Assault in hand, I don't think I would Rebel Assault Veers over, say, like a, a Mahdi or um, even the Blizzard Force ATSTs or mm-hmm. something. Uh, his ability, while good, isn't something that I necessarily fear, especially like in a Jedi deck, um, which wouldn't have Rebel Assault anyways. Um, or even necessarily in rebels, I'm not that scared of the the unit damage. That's true. Um, the tactics, you know, yeah, that that is rough. But again, I'd be more afraid of a Mahdi or someone else that has two HP. So, I probably would just let him sit there. And if you want to use the resource on him, I don't have to worry about the tactics. If you want to send him into battle and you have the tactics icon, then I'll defend and hopefully kill him. So he himself is good in the deck, but I don't think he's necessarily a fear me type unit. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, 
one thing I actually want to point out is he is not a trooper, so he does not gain the actual unit damage icon that he gains to all the other troopers and walkers. He's actually an officer. So he does not have any unit damage per se, So, but he does have that tactics, which does really make him a very powerful card. Um, so the last card, I think, that really kind of defines this objective set is Turbo Laser, Turbo Laser Battery. Said that five times fast, apparently. This allows you to destroy all enhancements on the field, but after an objective is destroyed. So this means if you play this, you're going to tell your opponent, okay, yeah, you have Luke with Trust Your Feelings and a lightsaber. That's cool. Come at me, bro. And you're kind of forcing the light side player to be kind of at that awkward position because, yes, Turbo Laser Battery will be destroyed, but you're going to get rid of every enhancement on the board, including all the Jedi's resources or all the Rebel resources, which is huge, especially in a a Navy deck because you don't really need a lot of resources. You need maybe one or two to really kind of play that effectively, but you're going to have that quad reinforcement. You're going to have a lot of smaller units that only cost two or two to three um, resources. So I think that playing this, I think will do some significant amount of damage to those other type of decks. Also in a trooper deck, uh, I feel that, that th this might actually hurt you more than it will help you because trooper, the trooper deck relies on orbital bombardment or Vader. And that's something that if you get rid of the orbital bombardment, all your troopers pretty much don't do anything of usefulness. So, uh, Nate, do you think that this might actually hurt hurt a trooper deck more than it would actually uh, help it, or like do you think that this is more suited for like say just the the all out navy decks where they're mostly vehicles? I I think it, it's more along the lines of what my opinion of Echo Caverns mm -hmm. is, where Echo Caverns you're not necessarily always using it to gain an advantage of you're using it to throw off your opponent's combat um math so i kind of feel like turbo laser battery fills that role in a in a navy deck mm -hmm. where you put it out there and you're like okay try and destroy all my objectives i'm running navy i get to attack back so it's like you almost force the other player to play a little bit more defensively right. to not let their objectives get destroyed somehow. Because, you know, if you're running Jedi, like you said, and you have out a plethora of enhancements, oh, you attack me, you blow up all of my objectives, and you don't really care that yours are gone because all you have out is turbo laser battery. Right. Um, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be the go-to card that, oh, turbo laser battery is amazing. Check out the ways I had to destroy your objectives. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to, once it hits the board, it's going to put that fear into your opponent where he's like, okay, if I attack and I leave the attack backs open, I have to make sure that this isn't going to screw me over. Right. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, Matt, what about yourself? I agree with a lot of what Nate said there because it's it's going to put your fear into your opponent, but I mean that's one reason why I'm contemplating trying to find a way to put maybe one of Tarkin's set in because Tarkin's got the uh, the card was I can't remember now, but it's the the blast from the Death Star, so you need to blow up an objective, so you can get your turbo laser battery off if you're playing a smart opponent who's you know holding back right. to prevent you from destroying their objectives. It gives you another way around that. 
So, you know, if he's got, you know, Yoda, you know, with two or three enhancements and, you know, Yoda's all built up and buffed, well, you, you Death Star, one of his objectives, and then Turbo Laser Battery, and all of a sudden that Yoda's not quite so scary. Right, right. And, you know, th- this kind of goes along the lines of what one of the cards is in the neutral objective set that the light side got this force pack was Echo Control Center. It is a enhance your play area. Enemy events cannot target other friendly enhancements. So my question to you guys is, does this affect Turbo Laser Battery? Because it's technically not an event. It is a reaction from this enhancement. Um, no. So, okay. So I guess that clears that argument. <laughs> because it's an enhancement, so it's not an event card. So it doesn't affect it. Which is why I'm not a fan of Echo Control Center. Because it's every other objective. Well, then you're just going to destroy... Echo Control Center, or just destroy everything. Because next month we've got the ATATs coming out, right. and they can, if when they strike, you can not use the, resolve their combat icons and instead blow up an enemy objective mm-hmm. or an objective enhancement, rather. So you know, you could target their Echo Control Center if it's causing you grief and blow it up or something. Okay. Cool. So Navy seems to be getting a lot of enhancement hate, which is awesome. More than. Like, I thought Scum were kind of going to get it with the whole, you know, well, thievery stealing thing. I think they're going to, though. I think they will, but it's going to be a different way, kind of like Explosive Charge. A lot of people are comparing Explosive Charge to tear the ship apart. Mm-hmm. Both, they're both one cost. They both are similar. Tear the ship apart, I believe, is limited to non-limited cards, though, whereas Explosive Charge can destroy anything. So I think they will both get their own version of Enhancement Hate, but it's going to be different. Navy's much more... You know, they're Navy. They blow stuff up. They, you know, they're, oh, you're fighting against us? Well, I'm going to put my fleet of Star Destroyers above your planet and bombard you into the Stone Age. Enjoy. Yeah, uh, tear the ship apart, discard a targeted non-limited enhancement from play. Right, whereas Explosive Charge doesn't have that limitation. So, I mean, right. a lot of the resource stuff is limited. So you can only play one per turn. Right, right. Which makes sense. Okay, so how would you guys build a deck around the General's Imperative? Um, Matt, I know that you've already had, have a, had a deck kind of in your mind about that. So let's actually let, uh, let Nate take this one a little bit, uh, first and, uh, see if he kind of has the same thing that you do. Um, Nate, uh, have you been working on this at all or have you just kind of been talking to Matt about it? Um, I, I had thrown something together when the, the force pack came out. Um, I basically just went through and found all of the Imperial units that had shielding mm-hmm. and tried to make a deck around that. So I think I had um, one of the, the new uh, Dark Side Neutral ones, Sabotage in the Snow. Right. Um, two of the Generals Imperative, two of Dark Time for the Rebellion, um, a Deploy the Fleet, and um, Endor Gambit, just to try and shove as much shielding in a deck as I possibly could. Um I don't think that's necessarily the way to go because it felt like it had resource issues. Yes. But it definitely is a good starting point to then take the deck from there and, and work on a way to make it actually not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. from from a starter of a deck, I think that's where I would start with um, that objective set. Okay. Um, Matt, I know that you, you've kind of been waiting this for from probably day one, so... What is the deck that you are planning to run once the last Force Pack releases in August? Okay, so 
the pack I'm waiting for is the one next month, Battle of Hoth, which comes with those AT-ATs, and um, that's all we know, sadly. I thought Battle of Hoth comes August, because... No, the... Escape from Hoth is August. Wait, wait, wait. But, no, the expansion's supposed to come out this month, or this next month. We're getting probably two releases, looks like, this month. The Deluxe Expansion and then the Force Pack, because they're both scheduled for July. Well, there goes all my money. <laughs> there goes everybody's money. Jeez. Well, that sucks. Anyway, go continue. Um... Okay, so the Texas Ranger deck is one Sabotage in the Snow, one Lord Vader's Command, two Imperial Command, two the General's Imperative, two the Endor Gamut, and two a Dark Time for the Rebellion. Ultimately, the AT-AT objective set, whatever it's called, because all we've seen is just them, so I don't know what else is in it, right. will be going in this deck to have more walkers with going with fears and with the theme of the deck. So, Okay. I I think it's it's very similar to what Kitchell saw there, but he was going more for the shields and trying to right. play around sabotaging the snow, which I really like sabotaging the snow, and I'm glad we got two of those forward command posts because we got just one. The set wouldn't be worth putting in a deck. But you can't rely on that because it's possible you won't either get the objective or get one of those two forward command posts in there. So what so. you're saying is it's, it's like the untouchable deck. That's exact. Uh, I actually told Matt <laughs> that exact thing. I'm like, look, I made Dark Side Untouchables. <laughs> okay, now it's very similar, but it's not relying as much on shields as the Untouchables did. Untouchables relied a lot on shields. That was how they were protecting everything. Right. Shields are a nice added bonus in this deck, but I don't think they're required. Okay, now to play to play devil's advocate here, Matt. What happens if General Veers gets killed? They don't have their bonus that they get with all the roll walkers now. Um, so that that's going to hurt you in not only de- attacking but also defending. Obviously, a Navy deck not going to really be defending much as you're more going to be going on the offensive, but then you won't have as much unit damage as you normally would with Veers out in the field. So do you think that that might cripple your deck a little bit? Maybe, depending on what you're playing. I don't find I'm looking for unit damage. I'm looking more for blast damage, but I am I'm, I'm flip-flopping a lot between Maudie and Vader and possibly Tarkin in the deck. I think because... Tarkin would probably be better than than, than Mahdi. Mainly because... Mahdi's good for the resources. M- Mahdi's good for the resources, but I think Tarkin's utility, especially with Super Laser Engineer, getting those events out really, really quick, I, I think that that's something that might actually play a factor into the Navy decks eventually. Yeah, I agree, and Lord Vader's Command is good because it's got those Imperial Suppression, which are great for interrupting stuff. Love Imperial Suppression because, yeah. like like uh, Nate said, the look on your opponent's face when you play that, they're like, ah, uh, oh, you suck. That's not. No one sees that coming because that objective set, when that pack first came out, it seemed like first everybody was like, oh, cool, it's another Vader. And everybody's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So I don't think people see it coming necessarily at this point. Now we're starting to find that. You know, it, it it might actually find a home in a deck like this, which is good because Vader also gives a bonus. Yes, when, but only when he's on the attack, of course. Of course. Okay. Um, I think, in all honesty, I think I would go a middle ground between both of you guys. I think that I would put in the neutral, the new neutral dark side objective, and I would. I I think I would put in two Tarkins, two generals imperative. Probably only one Endor Gambit, in all honesty. My, my main reason behind that is because they cost a lot. Three for an ATSD is is really expensive, 
like I don't know they're they're really useful, but I feel that their cost kind of outweighs their usefulness. Like if they only costed two, I think that would be a lot better. In 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 my personal opinion, like a two for two HP instead of a three for three. Um, because playing them first turn, you're generally only going to have four resources, and a navy deck in itself is going to be resource starved to begin with. So, I feel that those type of ATSTs might be a little bit too expensive. But then again, the other ATSTs are pretty expensive as well. It the ones that are coming out in the new force pack. So I don't know. I feel that resources are kind of hurting the, the, the Navy side right now, because if you don't have quad reinforcements or some other way to get those resources going or flowing, you're, you're kind of stuck with playing only one to two cards a turn. And that can really help uh, hurt a kind of aggro style deck. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, it a, a large part of what's going to affect, my deck is what else is in that ATAT objective set because all we've seen is just that one unit. We don't right. know how many copies we're getting, what else, you know, maybe we'll get another resource officer because Navy's resources tend to be the character officers. They're not actual enhancements like the rest of them, which is why, you know, blowing up a turbo laser battery wouldn't hurt them quite as much as, you know, say a, a Sith deck with, you know, five Sith libraries or whatever. Okay. Fair so enough. It, it's really going to depend on what else is in that objective set next month. That's yeah. really going to decide what direction this deck goes. I really hope that they push that force pack back into August and the other one into September because I, I don't have money to buy that stuff all in the same month. I, I'm Which at. could explain the uh, the delay in FFG announcing anything new because this yeah. month there was no product announcements and there's That's... always a three-month lead, so it might be what they decide to do, but who knows. Which, you know, I think would be smart because, you know, let's be honest, no, not, not – most people that that are going to be playing card games are going to be your casual Star Wars fans. You know, we're not going to have a lot of players that I think play uh, at least like the, the the name franchises, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, are are just kind of casual fans. So I think FFG's done a really great job at really spreading out how much money you spend a month on their products. Which props to them because you know a company can just be like, "Give me all the monies," but I think that they've done a pretty solid job of really kind of taking that into consideration that people are not made of money these days. So. Kind of shout out to FFG for doing that, and I hope they do that next month because I have a baby on the way, and I gotta fix my bathroom still, and I don't have that kind of money to buy stuff, and I want the shiny objects. Dang it! But so wah, wah, wah. yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last objective set that I want to talk about is lucrative contracts, which we already kind of talked about it. I don't want to go too in depth, but I think. That the one of the cards that we haven't talked about is the corrupt official. Holy crap, are these good? Holy crap, are these amazing? I think that they are probably the second best card in the game now. I think they outperform Force Choke. I think they outperform Force Lightning. This is pa- basically a Sith Control Dex wet dream card. It's like you're gonna do objective damage. No, you're not. Sit down. And there's four of them. You have four of these in your deck if you if you run two. Um. Now, build, kind of building a deck around this new objective set, I actually run the standard Sith control deck, Palpatine, Vader, Council of the Sith, and I'm running Reconnaissance Mission, One Star of the Empire, and two Lucrative Contracts with um, uh, sm- um, Scum and Villainy Affiliation. And I have found that my opponent literally cannot do anything. Those guys, plus Force Choke, plus the Enhancement Hate, is just ridiculous. It is so hard for any opponent to get anything out on the field nine times out of ten. 
Now, yeah, they will actually be able to get out Luke and Yoda every once in a while, Obi-Wan, Han Solo, that kind of thing. But being able to take out Trust Your Feelings and being able to stop objective damage outright with a Luke with two lightsabers completely negates their turn. And they just kind of look at you and go, well, that sucks, and it's your turn. And, I mean, the deck is good enough to where I was able to play a Dark Prophet of the... Uh, a prophet of the dark side, I think that's what it's called. The the one, the really bad card that everyone hates. That's I think an awesome card. Um, I was able to play him, command him with the force, and then proceed to kick the light side player's butt clear across Texas. <laughs> Just playing that one card, and generally that's usually a bad card to play first turn because he's a one HP, doesn't do anything special. The force wasn't with me. I wasn't able to draw a card, but with all my kind of damage negating cards that I have, I think that. That objective set alone really kind of made that deck what it really needed to be. Set the control was there, but I think it was lo- it was lacking that anti-objective damage, and I think Lucrative Contract really kind of did that. Uh, the only the only issue yes. is that since the corrupt official can only be used to prevent uh, damage to your scum and villainy objectives, it's like okay, most people just won't attack Lucrative Contract, right? But if they don't know what corrupt official does then they're like oh i'll destroy your one scum thing i guess and you're like no you won't ha ha i think in the future when a a pure scum and villainy deck yeah is is viable which i don't think we're quite there yet edge of darkness baby edge yep. of darkness once that comes out i think you're gonna see um Scum and Villainy control decks being the bee's knees yeah. because of Corrupt Official. No, it's just like, I, oh, you're going to swing in and destroy that? No, you're not. Yeah. No, yeah, I, exactly. I would definitely. That was my concern, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... It's also a good unit just to throw out because yeah. it has three health. It's like, okay, I'm going to let, just let this guy sit back and defend. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do to take out a Corrupt Official outside of a Han or a Luke. Well, also... I mean, your opponent sees that you have a 2-resource, 5-HP objective with a great ability. They're generally going to go after that one first, or they're going to want to go after that one first. And if they do, you can just be like, well, Corrupt Official is going to negate all that damage, and then they kind of have a a turn wasted. But I I would definitely agree agree with you, Nate, that it is very situational, but I think that just the objective set – overall really does make Sith, the, the Sith control deck just that much more powerful. Like you said, because he does have 3 HP, being able to defend is just, just ridiculous. I mean, you're just like, oh, okay, I'll just sit here and watch the damage kind of slowly tick away. Yep, and and just the explosive charge yeah. shores up one of the weaknesses where um, I know not a lot of people are still running the Old Ben Spirit decks, but Old Men's Spirit had a decent matchup against Sith decks mm-hmm. because it basically was like, oh, you can counter my Force Lightning. You can counter my Force Choke. So it's like, you know, Explosive Charge basically is like, oh, hey, now that Old Men's Spirit doesn't really do that much. Yeah. Now that, you know, um, Echo Caverns doesn't affect me. I, I think the Explosive Charge and the Extra Twist of Fates yes. um, <laughs> are, are the better parts of the objective set currently mm-hmm. for the Sith deck. I think later on with Edge of Darkness and the more um, force packs we get that a pure scum deck is going to start with two of these and then add stuff to Yeah. It. No, I, I would definitely agree. Definitely agree. 
Okay, so uh, that was kind of a small tidbit of what we think building around the new force pack would. Uh, you didn't even talk about your favorite objective set yet. Well, I the think. Jedi one. Yeah, you know what? The, <laughs> the Jedi one's awesome, but I think that that will be saved for next episode just, just due to time constraints. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Tune in next episode. So um, let's, let's move on to deck talk. And we're going to talk about the deck that Nate from the uh, UK actually mentioned. He's from Sheffield, England. And uh, this is what they use in their current meta. Their meta is more rebel heavy and kind of anti-rebel heavy uh, as far as the the Sith goes. But his rebel deck is um, Affiliation Rebel Alliance, Prep for Evacuation. Renegade Squadron Mobilization, Questionable Contacts, Mobilizes Squadrons, and the Defense of Yavin 4. Now, I know what you're thinking. That is the most random set of objective sets to probably hit a Rebel deck in a long time. It's actually a really good deck. <laughs> um, me and the American version of Nate have been uh, playing this for quite some time. How long do you think we've been playing it? Probably ever since the interview. So a good, Yeah, ever since the interview. So, so a good two weeks now? Almost three. Yeah, about that. Yep. And it has some really crazy synergy with it. Now, mm-hmm. Han Solo isn't really that useful. Um, sometimes he is, especially against like a Navy deck, which you found out the hard way. <laughs> you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this Navy deck. I'm like, hey, I'm going to Han Solo. And you're like, crap, I don't have a force choke. So I'm going to sit down and get my butt spanked. So this has a really good counter to a Navy deck because of the Han Solo, because of just some of the really cool things you can do. And Swindled, I think, is probably one of the MV, MVP cards of this deck. Um, there was one game where I don't think you got Advisor of the Emperor out until, like, turn 7. <laughs> um, that, that, was, that was kind of, I don't know, embarrassing for you. Uh, Swindled's just such a great card. No, I kept getting the advisor. Yeah, out. yeah, but you, it you, kept getting you, Swindled. Kept getting Swindled, kept <laughs> getting um, Force Choked or whatever, or not Force Choked. Um how else did I put him back in your deck? I don't remember. It was swindled and something else. I don't remember what, what the what the exact card was. Rebel assault, maybe. It, 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 you know, it no, might... rebel assaulted um, one of my guys and then swindled that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Kept bouncing it back to my hand. So it's like I play it. I, he'd swindle it, and I was like, okay, you can't have the second swindled. So I'd play it, and he's like, ha ha ha, second swindled. Yeah. And it's like seriously. And the problem was. My my objectives were horrible. Yeah. So we're not even going to talk about that yeah. match anymore. As far as the deck goes, I know that when you first um, linked me the deck after after interviewing the real Nate, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just like, I I don't know if I like this. Mm-hmm. I don't see why Han's in there. I don't. This deck makes absolutely no sense to me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it together. I'm going to play it. I'm going to see how it goes, and. I adore this deck. It plays so smooth as a whole that it it doesn't feel like you have objective sets that don't really match up. It's like the the um, usages of the Renegade Squadron Mobilization objective and um, prep for evac. Make it so that your opponent's like, well, crap, I don't want to destroy any of your Hoth objectives because <laughs> you're going to start bouncing stuff back to my hand. Yeah. And I don't want you to let – I don't want to let any of my 
units die because then you'll just start drawing massive quantities of cards. Yeah. But I don't have any way to stop your swindled and your rebel assaults. Mm-hmm. So, huh, X-Wings are killing me now. Yeah, and, you know, that was another thing is the X-Wings really kind of proved very, very useful. Um, also, you know, it's really funny. I didn't find myself using Renegade Squadron all that much. I think it was a combination of just a bunch of really small units. And Renegade Squadron was nice to put in the uh, the edge battle every once in a while and whenever you needed to uh, win it or actually play it because he d- he does cost five and – you're kind of resource starved, kind of not. I mean, you have a good amount of resources. You do have six in total, with including Echo Caverns, and I think Echo Caverns really did does play a really good pitiful role as well because it's all vehicles. So you can take a tactics from Renegade Squadron and put it onto an A or a, a, a Y wing, and your opponent kind of goes, "Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that," or you're like, "Oh, you're defending with Palpatine. Well, Palpatine's going to give this to Han Solo, so YOLO," and that kind of shenanigans happen as well. I mean, also, you know, you have the combination of dealing a damage to uh, Palpatine with Han Solo's effect and then Rebel assaulting Palpatine, Palpatine or, or whatever. And I found that keeping Swindled for when the Royal Guards came out was really, really kind of a key factor and really kind of controlling the board as, um, as protection goes because Sith control, certain Sith control decks really kind of rely on that Okay, well, I have Palpatine out. I have a Royal Guard. I'm safe. That's six HP they have to go through. All right, I'm going to defend with Palpatine, and then bam, Swindled happens. You're like, well, there goes Palpatine because I'm stupid. Or, you know, you, you weren't expecting it. So I think that this deck has just a lot of great synergy. And surprisingly, it can re- it, it doesn't really care about edge battles. I know... Um, Nate, your um, big red bus deck has how many fate cards? Too many sometimes. Too many sometimes. Because you'll just draw a hand all fate cards. And I was like, well, okay, I'm not going to play any cards. And, and you're just kind of sitting there going, well, I want to play my Twist of Fates, but I, I can't. I don't – you know, Rebels don't really care about that kind of stuff. They just kind of attack individually or, hey, I'm going to attack with Han Solo and force you to actually defend because Han Solo has a tactics and th- that kind of shenanigans. So um, – Matt, have you been able to play test this deck at all? Yeah, it's one of the decks I was using the other night on Friday when I was playing oh. with my friend Ben, and I I enjoyed the deck for the most part. It's like I was very close with it every time I played it, but I think this deck is a really good counter for like a Sith control deck. Mm-hmm. But Ben's very much into vehicles, so he was playing this new Tie Fighter Tie Bomber vehicle deck that he was using in he just managed to push through enough using talent roll and stuff that he kept right. blowing me away. So it wasn't really that good against that match, but we were both playing. We're like, you know what? This deck could be a great counter for like my Sith control. He's like, you're right. It would because Sith control targets for the most part characters and mm-hmm. the deck doesn't have that many. So I, I understood why it was a good deck for, a uh, you know, their original Nate, uh, as we like to call him. But, um, it wasn't really the deck for me. So I kind of played it a few games and then, put it away fair enough fair enough yeah and i think that's like the the one weakness of the deck is if you're going up against navy where a, a true rebel deck will be able to race a navy deck and it's basically just who can just slam in the most objective damage right. the fastest i think that this deck suffers in that matchup because it isn't necessarily about pure objective damage it actually is a 
oddly aggressive control deck yep. is almost how I would label it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, you're not going to be able to race the Navy deck. And most Navy cards either have 3 HP or aren't worth wasting a Rebel Assault on. Okay, fair enough. And so it's like, it's hard to like just pure race them mm-hmm. if, if you get into that situation. But as as Matt and you have said, it's really good against Sith Control. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that was part of my problem was that Ben also had Devastator in his. So he you know had a few TIE Bombers and TIE Fighters and Talon and all those. And then Devastator, and it was just like, I can't slow him down enough to yeah. stop him from blowing up enough ejectors to take me out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, in all fairness, I, I think that... Navy decks will be a good counter to those kind of weird kind of control decks because the control decks kind of rely on more of reacting to what your opponent does rather than reacting to uh, being offensive or, or defensive. So I think that once Navy decks do kind of become a little bit more popular, I don't think we'll see this deck played all that much. I think we'll see another variation of... Rebels and Smugglers and Spies, uh, obviously with the Blockade Runner being kind of the the lead forefront of that, because that, that's such a great card. I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what's actually in that objective set. Um, so we don't actually have a deck for um, our episode this week. Is there any decks that you guys want to just kind of throw on as an idea, possibly? I was thinking about using the Jedi Control deck that I've been working on and then talk about it next week, since we didn't have time to actually cover the new Jedi objective set. Um, is there any kind of weird decks you guys think might be a little bit more enjoyable to uh, do, like, say, the using four uh, scum and villainy objective sets and then something else, which I've tried and it failed horribly. It just I, I like work. your idea of the Jedi deck, Um I think that it has some some potential, and I think that getting input from from the rest of the community is is gonna be good for it. Okay, so I'd go with that. All right. Um, anything else on the Sheffield Rebel deck before we before we move on? Nope, I'm done. Okay, Matt. I'm Isn't good. Enough about talking about that other. Nate. I know the other Nate. <laughs> Okay, and I apologize if you hear something outside my window. My neighbor's kids like to ride ATVs at uh, 9 o'clock in, at night because, you know, why not? Let's just disturb the whole neighborhood. Okay, so the deck I'm currently running is two In You Must Goes, one Self-Preservation, two Hero's Journeys, two Knowledge and Defense, one Frozen Refuge, and two Secrets of Yavin 4. And you notice I only have one big guy in this whole deck. Yoda, I don't technically count Yoda as a big guy because he only has 2 HP, and 9 times out of 10 you're going to use him in the edge battle or use him to control the Force and hope to gosh they don't have a Force choke or something. Um, so far, this deck has done really well. I've been able to completely shut down a uh, aggressive capital ship deck, an aggressive navy deck, and um, done a pretty good job against a Sith control deck. Uh, me and Shrakes were testing it uh, a couple couple days ago and for the most part it's done really well i i have had a couple instances where it's kind of failed me a little bit but that was kind of misplays on my part so i think that this deck might actually have some merits which is really exciting because this is an all jedi deck there's no um multicolor coloring in this deck it's all jedi it's a jedi affiliation and the only non-jedi in here is the Light side neutral, which is the frozen refuge. Um, again, I found that to be really useful because you put three on there, one on the uh, affiliation, and bam, you have Luke. 
and then you have three extra resources to do whatever you want with. So that could be a um, trust your feelings, two lightsabers, and a resource, whatever. So I will uh, I will post that onto the forums on Wednesday, which is when the episode gets posted, and we'll go from there. Uh, I think it's time to kind of announce the special thing that we have been working on. Um, this is actually thanks to Matt, who's been uh, in contact with Fantasy Flight Games and trying to get us some cool prizes to give away on our show. And they have graciously offered to send us some stuff. And um, I'm not entirely sure when we will actually receive it, um, but I also know that Nate has some other prizes that we can give away while we're waiting. And um, we're, uh, we're not entirely sure how we're going to do the contest yet. I'm thinking that we're going to do, obviously, a Facebook contest we don't have a Twitter yet. I really don't actually want to use Twitter because most of you guys probably don't even care about Twitter, and I don't blame you. So we're probably gonna, we probably will do a Facebook giveaway and something else. I'm not entirely sure how we're going to actually do that, but that will be the next episode, which will be episode five. Um, other than that, I, I really am kind of grateful to Fantasy Flight Games for allowing us to do this for the community. Like They've been really cool. And also have some really cool stuff that might be in the works as well that uh, Matt's been trying to, to do. So props to uh, Matt for really setting that all up. Thank you, buddy. I really We really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, if you guys have any actual ideas in giveaways, uh, Matt, what is the email address they can contact us at? Our email is tableflip at outlook.com, and our Facebook is facebook.com slash tableflippodcast. Excellent. Um, also, you can obviously PM us on the Card Game DB forums. I've honestly kind of given up on the Fantasy Flight forums because for some reason they don't load for me half the time. But wait, that they're should doing be fixed very upgrades. soon. Oh, excellent! Tomorrow the forums go down mm-hmm. for forty-eight hours, so they should be back by the time people are listening to this episode. Okay, and they're being replaced with a new version to fix the. Uh, the mess that they've the become horrible lag and non-loading yes. issues. That's awesome. So, which is good. Yeah. And hopefully, we'll see. You know, either the community not so much shift, but we'll see either people who maybe don't come to the other sites there or something like that, and you'll yeah. have an official Facebook or not Facebook forum presence rather. Yeah, I mean, if once that's the case, I, I will make an official thread with all of our shows and discussions and that kind of stuff, and we can just kind of uh, talk there as well. But for now. Um, I think the best place to get a hold of us is either through email or through CardGameDB because I check both of those pretty much on a regular basis. I know uh, both of my co-hosts do as well. So, yeah, guys, thanks for sticking around to the end of the episode, and um, we hope that you guys have really enjoyed the topics. We uh, thought kind of uh, long on what kind of topics we wanted to talk about. We were going to talk about a bunch of decks, but we were really trying to kind of stay away from talking just about decks and making it more of like a deck talk show than anything else we, we really we were, were trying to make it more of a all around around show and if we're not doing that or if we're missing something please feel free to email us hit it hit up a hit it toy boat hello brain hit us up on facebook or uh, the forums and, and whatnot and kind of let us know what we're doing right what what we are doing wrong uh, we always appreciate constructive feedback even if you want to say call us an asshole that's fine i guess whatever um but as far as the show, that is everything for this episode. And uh, let's go on to shout-outs. Um, Matt, what, what, what are your shout-outs this week? My shout-out is going to go to Disney slash Lucasfilm for 
an interesting reason. I was rather upset with them when they canceled the Clone Wars because I do enjoy that show. But well, wait, they've now wait, recently they, announced they they canceled the Clone Wars. Yes, it was the last season was the last season. Uh, Disney seems to be just from what I've seen, kind of distancing us from the prequels because they canceled the Clone Wars. They canceled a video game that was pre-Rebellion time. But they've since announced what the new cartoon that the Clone Wars creators and directors and everybody are working on. It's called Star Wars Rebels, which it's a new show that's going to take place in the time period between Episode 3 and Episode 4. That's amazing. And deal with the formation of the Rebel Alliance. Okay, okay. So, so to me, that's that amazing. seems better than the Clone Wars. You know what? I don't blame Disney for trying to distance themselves from the prequels because they were terrible. Anakin, I love you because you're so handsome and pretty. No, Padme, you're just so beautiful. I'm so in love with you. Blah, blah, blah. Lightsaber fight, emotion, emo, Vader's born. There you go. You just saw the whole third Bad movie. Bad casting choices. Seriously. Jake Lloyd. I think it's part of the problem with that. It could have been a good movie, but Hayden Christensen was a little over the top, I think. Gosh, a little um, over the top? Okay, you know what? Let's not long. actually get onto this because we could do another. No, so, welcome, welcome to out. the episode <laughs> one, two, and three podcast. Thanks for. <laughs> um, also, with the Star Wars Rebels, I think it's good thing for this game because this game focuses on you know the whole Galactic Civil War, mm-hmm. and this could provide new material for yep. FFG to use that doesn't involve us going all the way back. To the prequels, because a lot of people are like, "Well, we're getting Bail Organa, we're getting Bail Organa." That's clearly a prequel card. I'm like, "Well, no, because Bail lived all the way up until, you know, what half hour, forty minutes into the fourth movie, <laughs> yeah. when the Death Star blows up the planet he happened to be sitting on." So no, he's not a prequel character. He just bridged both yeah. the prequels and the originals, much like Obi Wan. But you Obi-Wan's know, Obi Wan's in both. But you know what? I would be okay with Qui Gon Jinn. I'm just saying. I would be okay with Qui Gon Jinn. I'd be okay with Darth or Darth Maul. Um, okay, so Jar Jar Banks can be a card, but he has to be an event card, and he has to be frozen in carbonite. That's the only way I will accept a Jar Jar Banks card. <laughs> I don't even know if they've ever told us what is his ultimate fate. Actually, so who knows? Maybe that's something we'll see in this Star Wars Rebels. I mean, they might use it to kind of close up. We know how the Clone Wars ends because we've also seen Episode right. 3. What we don't know is what kind of went on in between. So, I mean, this is good because we'll see the, the bad guy is going to be Vader. So, you know, we'll have Vader. who Everybody loves Vader. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. You love Vader. So, we'll have Vader as the bad guy. We'll have, you know, we'll see kind of how the Empire takes control and changes things. I think this show could be very exciting just for the amount of background information we're going to see. And there's also talk that they might do another show that'll help lead us into episode seven in a few years yeah to try yeah. and catch you up on the eu stuff so excited about harrison ford being in the uh the movie just just saying and mark hamill and i never can remember carrie fisher carrie fisher thank you okay anyway so um any other shout outs <laughs> I'm good. Okay. I'm just happy about the new show. All right. Awesome. I- I'm actually happy about the new show, too. So now that we've derailed shout-outs again because we're <laughs> awesome like that, Nate, what are your shout-outs? So I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, DBME Boy um, on the, the card game forums. Uh, his name is Matt. Uh, he lives in Johnson City, mm-hmm. and I was actually there for the weekend, and we met up, and we played some games. Sweet. And it was fun. Um my other shout out is going to be to uh, 
the Sahib Indian restaurant in Johnson City, Tennessee. Oh man, it's amazing! That's awesome. If you're there, get get number fifty four. Next episode's uh, table flip is now going to be sponsored by the Sahib restaurant. <laughs> it should be. Uh, oh, so good. I'll That's s- it. Okay. Oh, and um, so go check out No Disintegrations this week. There's going to be two uh, posts from it. The first one is a contest. Um, that I'm giving away uh, Assault on Echo Base Force Pack Ooh. to someone. And the second one is going to be something else. I don't know what I'm going to write about yet. Cool. It's, it's not due till Tuesday, so I have until oh, like you got plenty of time. Monday night yeah. to get something worked up. Spoken but yeah, go check out No Disintegrations on CardGameDB, uh, giving away a Force Pack and writing some articles. Awesome, awesome. Uh, my shout-outs are going to be towards my wife once again. Uh, thank you for letting me do this and take up time. And uh, also shout out to our almost born baby who comes in two months. So going to be excited about that. Going to be a dad, a little bit nervous. But hey, you know what? It's a fun adventure to, to behold. And who else do I want to give a shout out to? Uh, you know what? Shout out to Casey, um, one of my, uh, my business partner for Outlaw Esports. Really, really great guy and uh, really kind of – being really understanding that I cannot throw money into our business partnership like he can, just like being really understanding about that. So big shout out to him and uh, really hope that his next six or eight weeks of his theater that he's doing goes without uh, many headaches because I know that that's going to be a pain in the butt to mix the same show for eight weeks total. Not going to be fun, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for just being a really good friend, Casey. I really appreciate it, and I think that that's everything, guys. Let's not derail the show any longer than it really needs to. Um, next episode, guys, in two weeks, same time, same bat channel, as always, and look for the Deck Talk of the Week to be posted on Wednesday or Tuesday. Anyway, but and no, actually, it'll be posted on Wednesday, and you'll be hearing this on Wednesday, so I'm not sure why I said Tuesday. Anyway, guys... May the force be with you. God bless. Take care. Have a wonderful evening, morning, night, afternoon, wherever you guys are in the world. See you guys later.